I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. Okay, Alyssa, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's, it's a, a Monday. It's a Monday. <laughs> it's a Monday, but it's a good, especially it's a hard Monday for you because you had a really big weekend. Uh, without giving everything away, you were down at Disney World for a very special shoot that we were doing. Um, it was your first time there since you were seven years old that you were in Disney World. That's crazy. How was it? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, I'm going on no sleep, so if the show was dicey today, you know why. <laughs> but it was such a blast. So I was down there with Sarah and Sonny and our incredible team. No spoilers, but we were filming something a little special um, coming up for the Halloween show. But I had not been back since I was seven. And my mom wasn't helpful because I was asking. I was like, what parks did we go to? What rides did we do? She didn't remember any. But I knew all I had remembered is I was like, I need to see Cinderella's Castle again. And I wanted to do Tower of Terror because I was too afraid to do it last time. I did. It was horrifying and terrifying. And, like, my <laughs> equilibrium has been thrown off. But hot take. Mm-hmm. Um New rides are incredible. Mm-hmm. I did the Avatar ride, which is like virtual reality. Did the Star Wars one, which is incredible. I think some of the old school ones still take the cake, though. Yeah, the classics like mm-hmm. the the Pirates of the Caribbean, Small so World, good. that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm a, a big Disney guy, and um, I've got little kids, which is makes it a good excuse to go a lot, but I'd go anyway. I love it so, so much. I was going to say, also, my takeaway was you don't need to have kids to go because Absolutely. I think that's what was keeping me from going, and I went home and I told Justin, I was like, we're doing Disney soon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's great. Well, you're part of the company, so you yeah, got to take advantage. Exactly. Um, while, while you were at Disney, your husband had to move apartments alone. Are you still speaking? or <laughs> He has, like, the best thing to hold over my head for the time being. We we moved in our own building, so we convinced ourselves it was going to be really easy. It's never e- easy. Moving it's is thing never. In the world. Yeah. And, and like we had movers, the whole thing. I take off. I'm on a flight with Sarah and Melissa from our team. We're having a blast. I sent him a selfie of me and Sarah. We'd had a glass or two of wine. And he's like, I'm on my ninth hour of packing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got home and it was all unpacked. So he's like husband of the year at the moment. Oh, that's good. And, and I was technically working, but it's hard to convince your spouse that you're working when you're running around Disney World with your friends. No, exactly. And you were working. <laughs> I heard you forgot to get the cable hooked up. Oh, yeah. So my one chore, he literally handled the entire move, scheduling the movers, the physical move. And my one job was to handle switching over Verizon. I just straight up didn't do it. I completely forgot. So we work in television, but I will now be without cable or Internet until Wednesday. Right. Well, you can also watch The View on uh, Hulu. So yes. L- yeah, I was like, yeah. Luckily, I watch everything on my I can watch everything I need to on my phone. Mm-hmm. I uh I think moving is the most stressful thing in the entire 100%. world. 100%. Um, when I moved into my current house, it was like a week after I started working at The View. Um, my wife found the perfect house, quote unquote, and I hadn't even gotten paid yet working here. But she was like calling me. She's like, this is the house. We have to get it. I'm like, oh, honey, I can barely like stand right now. I'm going great. <laughs> She's like, get home. We're going in. She like did everything, got the house. We moved the day, I think on Christmas Eve, like we actually oh, moved wow. a- decorated tree put it in the back of the car <laughs> but we had people helping us pack and and move a little bit but we couldn't finish in time before the movers came and we both 
thought we'd like do an all-nighter. Instead, we passed out on the floor of my office, <laughs> and they arrived, and we were not packed. We were not ready. It was a disaster, so I still get nervous about Honestly, it. Honestly, well, I moved right before I got this job, so like a day before we started last season, and then just moved again, and hopefully we'll be here for a little bit, because moving is hell. I and, hate it. Uh, and when you have kids, it's even oh, crazier. I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, so this this is the easy Herbie time. was bossing movers around, I heard, though, so that was probably adorable. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure that was fine. Um and then we talked about a story today about a man who looked back at security footage to see who really did the chores in the house. What, what would you do if Justin did that? Okay, so a couple of thoughts on this. Um, I've always had security, I think, in this business and obviously my prior life in government. You do need to have the cameras. But I've always had them outside the house, yes. like to see if someone breaks in. I've never loved – I've even thought because I have a puppy getting like a puppy cam – but I'm like, I don't need my, my husband goes to Boston a lot for work. I don't need him at work in Boston in like looking and being like, oh, two glasses of wine tonight. Oh, <laughs> we're breaking the diet tonight. So we've never really had that. So that's my first thought. Um, but it seems that there's a little pettiness on both sides. Right. You know this in marriage. Like, get ready because you will spend the rest of your lives fighting over who does more work in the house. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely believe in a good partnership that comes out in the wash. Like, I do different chores than my husband. Like, I like to cook. It re relaxes me at the end of the night. So I usually make dinner. But he usually cleans up. He does all the, like, maintenance and handiwork kind of stuff. And he manages the finances, which that's a pretty big lift. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start getting into the, like, tit for tat, that is a recipe for disaster. Because, A, he's this, this guy in the Reddit thing spent so much time looking at old footage. But then the girlfriend saying it's unforgivable. I mean, I think that's because she got called out that she, he actually was doing as much as she claimed he wasn't. Yeah. Either way, they're not married. This might be time to politely part ways. I, I think you might be right. Um, no, I had the same thing. I have one camera in my house that I had for the dog that we just leave turned against the wall constantly because for the same reason, it's creepy. It's I don't creepy. Want, I don't get it. I don't want it there for me. I don't want to be looking. I don't want to be tempted to look at anything. Right? <laughs> the one thing I do have is I have like a sensor on the back door and the front door that tells you when it was opened or closed. Yep. So so there's definitely been a lot of like, did you let the dog out last night at one o'clock because the, the dog had an accident? Yeah, I let the dog out and then we checked the security. Dog, the door was never open between nine and two in the morning, and oh yeah, yeah so that that's a problem. But uh, that's more me. Um, no, the cloud is deadly. Also, uh, okay, so we talked about celebrity memoirs today on the show, and uh, report, reportedly publishers are insisting that celebrity memoirs be particularly juicy and revealing in the age of social media. I feel like personally that we are in the golden age of celebrity memoirs right now. I mean, every day there's another gigantic, huge uh, pop culture story about them. Do you feel like you've hit burnout on some of these before you've even read the book or are you into it? So I'm into it because what we do on the show is it gives us stuff to talk about. Right. But they're not it, reportedly they're not selling the way that they used to. And I think that they're I think it's two things. I think there's so much pressure to have the most grabby excerpts that are going to like drive headlines that people almost feel like they've gotten the gist of it before they've actually read the book. I think that's right. I actually kind of – so with my friend Cassie Hutchinson's book, Enough, that came out last month, I actually loved that the the excerpts were way less interesting than the book itself. So then I go back and wonder, I'm like, how many of these actual celebrity books that I'm like, oh, I kind of know what happened are way more interesting? To me, like – you need some of the juice and the tea that's spilled, but you also need, like, a compelling story throughout, not just, like, name dropping and, like, you know, places you were and things you saw. I remember with Cassidy's story, the, there was a, a story we did in Hot Topics, and the other hosts were like, you know what, let's wait. She's coming on next week, and you had already read the book, and you said, this is nothing. Like, let's let's do this now because there's a lot more coming yeah. out. So we were able to do that one early and then revisit. So the one I'm most interested in is the Britney 
uh, mm-hmm. memoir, which we have not talked about on the show. This is a cutting room floor hot topic. Mm-hmm. It's been in the ether a couple of times, but we haven't gotten to it. I think it's probably because I'm 47 years old and grew up with NSYNC and yeah. Britney. And I mean, I was already a little older, but I was into that kind of thing. Um, and there's some pretty big revelations, including the fact that uh, in the midst of the whole Britney's a virgin, they're they're not sleeping together thing. Apparently, she actually got pregnant. It's big, big gossip news. Mm-hmm. What's your takeaway from this story? So, yeah, we talk, We wanted to talk about this, but it is it is dicey on a, a number of levels. So first and foremost, I'll say this. Huge fans of both. Same thing. Like, generationally, those were the biggest pop stars um, when I was a kid. I remember when you'd see the commercials for Baby One More Time because you used to advertise a new CD or a new single on, mm-hmm. like, a television commercial. Um, and I love her. I love him to this day. First and foremost, I hope that her writing this book is because it's therapeutic for her. We all know with her conservatorship – with her family, who I think have egregiously treated her, that writing this and processing it is that she she's doing it because it's what she needs and it's good for her soul and it's healing um, and cathartic. I hope it's not out of any pressure that she feels like she has to give any more of herself because I feel like she's given us so much of herself. Um, that that one like was a gut punch when I read it, but I a couple of things. Think of the pressure that these two young icons at that time were under. They had to live this myth and pretend while playing like very sexified people in their public lives. They had to pretend they were virgins, which as an adult now is like, of course they weren't. But at the time, that was something they were really held to. I think it exposes like a human side of a story that in retrospect, that totally makes sense that they went through all of those struggles. The, the challenge that it presents is a tough topic to talk about in the context of reproductive health of I do feel strongly that both both people have a say, both parents have a say in what happens with the child. Um, it was heartbreaking to hear her kind of say like she might have done something different if not for what he wanted. Yeah. Um, but I do hope for her talking about it was helpful. And now you see how important having kids was to her. She's got her kids. She had talked about wanting to have more Um like, we, I could dissect, like, how Britney was treated for hours. She was asked about her boob job when she was, like, 17 on national – like, she didn't have a boob job. She was asked about her breasts on national television when she was a kid, basically. The pressures of, like, being hypersexualized but then having to pretend you're a virgin. Like, they they both, I think, in different ways went through hell, and I'm going to try to give them both a little bit of grace in it. How uh, How would you react to a revelation like that now if it wasn't something you were told about? Would you be very upset, or do you feel like the past is the past and it's – I'd be very upset. I think very few things are unforgivable because for me, marriage is for life. I'm a, I'm a Christian, and it's it's a marriage is a covenant. Like you've made a decision, you will be together forever. Um, it's the biggest thing that drew me to my husband was like the trust factor that we came into it. We're a little older when we got together. We had dated in the same circle, so I I know his ex girlfriend actually think very highly of her. He knows my ex. I think that things of the past that like shape you in a major way, you've got to share with your partner. Um, You don't need to tell every sordid detail. I don't need to know. But if it's something that was significant enough like that, I would think you should tell. This is Sunny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Um, all right. So we also talked on the show today about this alleged Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee rant. This is alleged leaked footage or recorded footage of her uh, really ripping into her staff. Um, you said Congress should be held to a higher standard. Did you ever experience anything like that working in politics or anywhere else? Oh, so, yes. Um uh, well, by the way, I worked in the House uh, and this was known about Sheila Jackson Lee. I personally think she needs to take accountability and if she doesn't, she should resign. Um, I just I that is there is a power dynamic there uh, where you you don't feel able to speak up when you're being verbally abused. Um, people know that if they don't get the letter of recommendation from her, if they leave on their own accord and frankly, Hill staffers don't make any money like they're worried about paying their bills. So they will tolerate a lot. Um, I hope she does the right thing and owns it. One of my first bosses, she was a female boss. So I was like, this is someone I can look up to. I can learn from. She's probably going to want to mentor me and take care, you know, like look out for me. And I don't have I don't think I have like delusional expectations of what a boss will do for you. But she was cruel. She was verbally abusive. Um, She she threw things at me. I remember her once oh, saying, wow. Alyssa, 
you're a nice girl, you're a pretty girl, but you're not bleeping smart. And I was like, oh, no. Um, it was it was rough, but I'm honestly a little bit grateful for the experience because every work environment since has actually, like, I, I have, like, a backbone of steel in the workplace because that set the bar so low um, that I was able to deal with quite a bit. And I saw other people who had been a little bit more, not that that's how you should treat workers, but right. had been a bit more coddled, so they were more stunned when there was a little bit of reprimanding. But um, it's very unfortunate these bosses exist. Um I aspire always in the workplace. You don't have to be the best, but to be seen as a hard worker and treats people around them well. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a lot of this, I think, has changed over time. I, coming up in television, had many very aggressive Mm -hmm. workplaces um, and bosses and things like that and definitely things that would never be tolerated now. It's not... I'm, you know, I'm obviously a boss now, and it's not something that's in my makeup anyway to be like a yeller or a screamer or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, I get frustrated occasionally. I think yeah. even that was, you know, ten or twelve years ago. How much things have changed? Because I think there's more accountability in the workplace. Right, and and I don't know that it was right, but there is a character building aspect to it also right. because I do feel like I've been through a couple of battles and things like that that made me <laughs> tougher. But um, I also wouldn't want someone else to have to go through exactly. it. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, one of the things I know that's been weighing on you is the noticeable rise in anti-Semitism. It's been weighing on all of us with the ongoing uh, Israel and Hamas war. You said you've been hearing from a lot of friends. Yeah. And I, I don't even, th- you know, you don't really think about the backgrounds of your friends or their faiths or those things in just day-to-day life. They're just your best friends who you talk to things about. And I realized I was like, half of my like best friend circle is Jewish. Um, and I was I tried to make a point over the last couple of weeks just to check in on them, on how they're doing. And um, this what is going on in the world is weighing on everyone. I think um, there are valid and OK viewpoints to have. But there is an undercurrent that has shouldn't have it is frankly removed from the actual conflict of anti-Semitism all over the world, but very deep in this country. We we saw it on the right, almost neo-Nazi like um, messaging that has, has sprung up. But it exists on the left. It is is party agnostic. I would say that Israel, for some reason, is the one of the only nations on earth that you're just openly allowed to suggest it doesn't have a right to exist. That that is that is a crazy thing to live with if that is the homeland that you have. And I think folks need to remember the reason that Israel became a nation. Following the Holocaust, follow, following six million Jews being murdered in cold blood. Well, most of the world turned a blind eye for way too long. The world community, the United Nations, came together and said that this diaspora community that didn't have a place to go needed its ancestral homeland. The fact that now in like the year of our Lord 2023, we're literally having people walk in the streets of New York or D.C. or any major city basically questioning the ex- the right to exist of the state of Israel is horrifying. But then there's another side because there's I think you to some degree have to separate anti-Zionism from anti-Semitism, though I think both are incredibly problematic. You have Jewish people in this country seeing things, you know, written on their, you know, houses. We have a friend in Miami, a Jewish um, couple, and they had leaflets passed out with horrible anti-Semitic rhetoric in it. And I just think we have to challenge ourselves. For some reason, the Jewish people are subjected to a criticism and to a racism that a lot of people turn a blind eye to, and we have to encourage ourselves to call it out the way we would anything else. And yeah. I would just say is people check in on your Jewish friends. Definitely. Um, or you know, like any community, um, they're not a monolith. They may have, there are a lot of Jews who have a ton of sympathy for the Palestinian cause, but it's the hate, it's the rhetoric, and it's the dehumanization. It's scary, and it's, it, it is 
inescapable now. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of a lot of times, I think people wanted to turn a blind eye to the yeah. rising anti-Semitism, and then yeah. now you're. I mean, it's not something that you know you feel. It's something you can see. Well, I mean, yeah. when you're seeing Nazi imagery on the streets of New York, like that is when so shocking. Yeah, yeah, never again is now. We need to use our voices. We not need to not let things go so far that we're looking back and saying. Why didn't we say or do more? Right. And by the same token, Islamophobia yes, is yes. also something that is rising and to be uh, aware of and, and scared of. Yeah. Um, there was a tragic case of that boy who was brutally killed. And it's like, you can't believe hate like that exists today, but it does. And yeah. both need to be called out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll continue doing that at The View and we'll continue doing that uh, everywhere we can and just not turning a blind eye. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us as always. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back with Sunny Hostin. And uh, Halloween is coming. Is it still her birthday? It might be. It <laughs> I think it's be. the month of Sunny. <laughs> oh, as it should be. Yes. I mean, you know, everyone deserves it. I, mean, I have to tell you, not to be, uh, you seemed a little jealous when you saw the, the, the I Okay, the I have to party. say, I was losing it over Sunny's birthday. That was so cool. If 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 we had gotten one of those acts, that would have yeah. been a huge get. Mm-hmm. All of them, I was like, oh my gosh. And that was really fun. And it was funny to see everyone enjoying it. I was next to Joy. She, Maybe didn't know who any of them were, but she was swaying. And then at the end, she wanted a picture with all of them. Oh, yeah. So she came around. She's a fan. No, I think that was great. And then I could I could literally see the wheels turning in your head. Like, what is what my birthday going to be? <laughs> well, you know, it's not going to be Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears now. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, we'll see you soon. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.